0: (laughs) bitch hi and welcome back to Reckless Digest on this episode Mariah Carey shut my black ass up for an entire week your faves are going to jail and I don't know what to tell you about it and I possibly maybe let you in on an introspective look into my mental health and my brain all I can say in regards to that is tread lightly watch your step and don't touch anything let's get into it alrighty everybody welcome back to reckless digest I am your host Patrick coda also known as cake shop in your father's phone also known as thick NATO in your brother's phone mind your goddamn business um I am excited we're on episode 8 eight slowly approaching episode 10. I think for episode 10 I'll do something special but I don't know what yet. Um, I want to start off by saying thank you to everybody that I sent the link to who actually took the time out to listen to my last episode. Anybody that knows me for real for real knows that I am shy, I'm sensitive, I say to myself, so it took a lot out of me to really spread the link and get people to listen and things like that. And so, if you listened, I appreciate you, thank you. If you listened and you gave me feedback and commentary, thank you, I appreciate you, I love you, especially because... As sensitive and shy as I am, and as much as I really didn't want to share this podcast with anybody as the trial and error period is going on, I really do need feedback from people just to know the things that I need to do to make the show better, how I can grow and get better with the show so that I can feel like, you know, I'm continuing to get better and I'm not just still in the same place. Because for me, I have been in the same mindset of, well, shh. I don't know who's going to listen to this because it's trash and it was honestly really humbling and surprising that so many people were like you know your show is good (laughs) it's entertaining I'm actually able to make it through the whole thing and you know the way my mind works I still was like well a lot of these people are my friends and they're just saying that to be nice but you know it was really nice to hear that and it really makes me feel like I have something um and I should continue with it. So, I think I'm gonna. So, again, thank you to everybody that listened. I really appreciate it. Um, how was my week? Ah, last week. Last week, well, actually, since I upload or I, I post every two weeks, two to three weeks, the week before last was actually fucking terrible. It was actually awful. Um, so... I didn't necessarily know what it was at first. I thought that it had to do largely with some nigga and it partly had to do with said nigga, but I think a large majority of it had to do with my father. So, um, quick warning. I don't usually get into my personal life like that because it's none of your good goddamn business that and I just don't like sharing my business with people. I don't like people involved. It has a little bit to do with me just not wanting people to have too much access to what goes on in my brain. And I largely don't think that most people care. So But I did say that I'm going to make an attempt to open up a little bit more on things that happen with me and and stuff like that on here. So I'm going to share just a little bit, not a whole lot, just a little bit. So my father's birthday recently passed on the 12th of this month, and I feel like that had to do a little bit with it as well. A lot of it with it, actually. Um, Monday was a good day. And then I came in on Tuesday and something was just off. And I don't know what it was. Something triggered me. Something set me off that day. And it was just downhill from there. And so I um, I deal with depression. It's been something that I've dealt with since I was a little boy, since like eight or nine. Um, And the way that my depression works is that it comes in throws. So I go through medium to sometimes upper highs and I go through very low lows but the lows have been spread out a lot further lately they don't happen as often but when they they happen it's bad and the way that they happen is um, something will happen something will set me off something anything and it'll start with me just being sad. And I won't know why I'm sad. I won't be able to, it's not something tangible that I can, you know, or not at first. It won't be something, sometimes it is something that I can put my finger on that's making me sad. and But sometimes it's not. So it won't be something tangible that I can put my hands on that's why I'm sad. So it starts like that and I'm sad. And the sadness progresses to something, to like an irrational sadness. To the point where I feel like crying and I don't know why. I'm just at my desk emotional and sad, or I'm in my room emotional and sad, that'll progress to anger and irateness. And then once I've used up all of that emotion and tired myself out, and that's gone through my head and through my body, it will get to the final stage, which is just overall numbness. So I don't feel anything. I I don't, which, you know, I don't emote regularly as it is, but in that moment, it's just full numbness. I don't feel anything. I don't really talk. I don't want to to converse with people i don't want to be touched i just usually stay to myself um and so all of this happened at work and it's the absolute it sucks so much dealing with the different throws of my depression at work because the way that I am, the way that my personality is, people are used to me being a certain type of way, not necessarily bubbly, but charismatic and, you know, sociable semi um, and things like that. And so whenever I'm having these moments or if I'm having a bad mental day and I regress into myself, people have a tendency to think, you know, they think that something's wrong with me, but they usually have a tendency to be like, you know, well, he's upset with me or he's mad. And it's just like, no, girl, I'm just fucking sad or I just I feel like the world is falling apart and I don't know why it has nothing to do with you so on days like that I usually take like a mental day and I just won't go to work or I'll just stay at home and I'll sleep or I'll rest or I'll do something that makes me feel better could not do that because The Thanksgiving weekend, my week got cut short and I was only working three days um, the following week. So I needed all the hours to supply all the coin. So could not call out. So I was just having to be depressed at work for three whole days. So dealing with. All of that, dealing with whatever issues with whatever nigga, dealing with, um, I don't think I actually mentioned it. My father's birthday was on the 12th and it upset me so much because my father passed late last year, um, a little after Christmas, and it really hit me hard. Um, And then going through all of the different things with setting up the funeral arrangements and stuff like that and having spoken to him a few days before, you know, it upset me. And I was mentally preparing for the first year of him not being here and having to go through all these different things. And so at that moment, whenever it hit me, I went through all of that. And I sometimes I try my best to use coping mechanisms like I'll try to play happy, upbeat, peppy music. But once I get to like the numbness phase, it really doesn't work. Um, nothing. It's like some type of mental barrier in between where my mind is for me to absorb it. Nothing works. And so the only thing that really works for me is sleep. Um, and so I went through about three days of that. Last, The week before last was fucking terrible. And then I came into the following week. Um, I had a really good weekend. I slept. I rested a whole lot. Um, I ate decently. And I just made a mental like a mental agreement with myself to just try to feel better. And so I played a lot of upbeat music. I exercise, which I'm learning has to do with mental health. So I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to stay consistent with that, which I have been, um, And on Wednesday, the day before the holiday, I wore, I looked super cute. I wore this really nice neon yellow hoodie. It was really, really bright. So bright. Um, This really bright red hoodie with eyes at the top that I had not even opened from three years ago when I bought it. Um, Some black slacks and some shoes. And I looked really, really cute. And I just wanted to I really like color, but I don't wear it a lot at work. And so I really just wanted to emote in that moment, like how I was. And I wanted to spread that color deep inside of myself into my personality and just and just feel good. And I did. And so Wednesday was really good for me. And I've been I've been good since then. I'm still dealing with the throes of of, you know, my father not being here and and these niggas still being trash. But, you know, it is what it is. Also, um, moving on from that, you niggas that are still confusing me for a woman in 2018 make it make sense to me. I don't understand it. Now, whenever I was, even when I was younger, I didn't understand it. Like, ever since I was about eight or nine and I started gaining weight, I've had a semi shape to myself that I guess some people could attune to a woman like My stomach isn't, well, I don't know about now, but my stomach didn't used to be super prominent. I have a small situation going on in the back. It's not a whole lot. Um, And so if you like look from your peripheral with your bad eye, I guess you could say that I look like a female or I'm shaped like one. But my shape aside, I've had a lot of niggas look me in my face and refer to me as ma'am or or all this other stuff. And I'm just like, I'm a whole entire nigga. Like, I'm a real nigga, so I don't I don't understand why people, like, I don't know if it's, like, are y'all saying that I'm pretty, or are you saying that black women look like men? Like, which one is it? Because it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to take it as a compliment or not, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we're going to go ahead And move on from the icebreaker section and we're going to transition into the top five playlist. So I'm going to try something new this episode and I may not continue it for the next episode, but everything in this is trial and error. We'll see. Um, I'm going to actually have the top five be its own separate segment Um, and we're going to see how that goes. So we're going to go ahead and hop over and get into top five in five right now. Okay, so for Top 5 and 5, it basically is a playlist of five songs that I've comprised over the week of usually songs that I've listened to the most for that week or the prior week or songs that I just really, really like. Um, I'm going to have five minutes all together to list each song. So one minute dedicated to each song just to detail the structure of the song, things that I like about the song, things that I don't like about the song, stuff like that. So originally, Top 5, it was just Top 5 of the week or something like that and it used to be like a 13 14 15 minute segment because I used to go in depth with these songs I had a lot to say I had a lot of things to talk about but I also had a tendency to go on tangents and to talk for too long and to talk about things that didn't have to do with the songs so in the in the to kind of make up for well not make up for time to kind of how what am I trying to say to be more concise With my time, I've decided to just have it be top five and five, try to keep it as um, close to five minutes as I can. We'll see how that goes because I still have a whole lot to say about a lot of these songs. So we'll see. So for right now, like I said, it's going to be five minutes, one minute dedicated to each song. I have my handy dandy um, stopwatch here and we're going to go ahead and start now. So number five on the list for this week is Janae Aiko You Are Here which also happens to be the name of this week's episode yay anyway so You Are Here is from Janae Aiko's most recent album Trip that came out in 2017 it also happens to be my favorite song on that album the album's like 22 songs long it's really really long and it's kind of sort of told in a story way with little interludes in between about her and going through depression and losing her brother and getting into a new relationship you are here kind of happens smack dab in the middle it's either after they've gotten into a relationship or right before they get into a relationship and it's when all the self-doubt and the worry and accusations start to come in and it's basically her saying you know I hope that you are who you say that you are I hope that you who you're presenting to me is who you actually are you know what are you not saying about yourself that I should know what are you hiding from me and whenever I listen to this song it's like an out of body experience. I always have such a visceral reaction to it because I feel it. Every nigga that I speak to nowadays, I'm just. It gets to a certain point after a while where I'm just like, okay, well, you know, things are going too good. There's two. The things are, you know, where's the fuck up? Where is it gonna happen? You know. Who, who have you killed? How many children do you have? It, it gets to that point. And so I really, really, really love the lyrical content of this song. I love the structure of the song. It's like a B or like a, a really chill haunting R&B song. Really, really, really love the song. Favorite song off that album. Number four is Her Against Me. Now, this is not from her most recent EP, but the EP before this one. It's a... Just a regular R&B song with like trap beats. Um, what really stands out for me, I love her's vocals, but what really stands out for me a lot of times is the lyrical content. And with this, it's basically the same thing. It's her basically saying, you know, If I'm guarded as a person, I I acknowledge that I played a part in this because I did not listen to my intuition and I still got with your fuck ass anyway. But, you know, if I'm guarded as a person, if I pull back, if I pull away from you, you can't hold that against me because the issues, the reasons why I'm like that, it's your fault. And there's a bomb spoken word portion at the end of the song that goes off that took me out when I first listened to it. It's everything. Love that song. Number three. Ella Fitzgerald, I'm through with love. Now, Ella Fitzgerald is a jazz singer who was really popular in like the 1940s, the 1950s. Beautiful, beautiful voice, wonderful control. I love Ella Fitzgerald so much whenever I went through my little jazz phase in high school. Her and Sarah Vaughn and a few other people, but mostly Ella Fitzgerald was my fave. With this song, it is just a standard jazz song, piano um, strings, very, very lush, very melancholy. Um, and the lyrics stand out to me whenever I, I had this in my playlist, but I hadn't listened to it for a while and a while, excuse me. And I forgot how the song went. And so I was in the middle of stretching and the song starts in the first lyrics that she says are, I have given you my true love, but you love a new love. And so I had to stop stretching. I paused the song and I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and finish stretching. And then I'm going to play the song because it sounds like it's going to fuck me up and I need to be, you know, 100% into this. I need to be 100% focused for when it puts me in my feelings. And so I just really love the melancholy feel of it. The vocals, of course, the lyrics, the lyrics I was mostly here for at the beginning until she got and whenever she was just like, I'm through with love. Um, We're wrapping it up. We're shutting down the factory. I was here for it. And then whenever she got into, you know, I'm through with love because the one that I love doesn't want me. And if I can't love him, I'm not going to love anybody. And I was just like, oh, oh, Ella, oh, oh, Ella. No, so. She had me and then she lost me, but it's still a really, really pretty song. Number two, Adriana Evans' Love Affair. Now, Adriana Evans is an R&B singer. The debut back in the 90s, um, and she primarily delves in R&B. This song is actually a song that I heard in the background of one of my favorite shows, Noah's Ark, like 10 years ago. That's how long I've been listening or that's how long I've been looking for this song. So it randomly came up in my suggested one day because God is a messenger. And I played the song and the first couple of chords and then the actual um the actual first lyrics caused me to scream like a full purebred bitch because I have been looking for this song for years. It's like a traditional R&B song, really smooth, lots of horns, because that's Adriana Evans' thing, um, French horns, strings, light keys. It's very, very pretty. And I love the lyrics. I love the the love affair was all in my mind. And I feel like I've been wasting my time. Three cheers for the brokenhearted fool, the ones that look like me, perhaps they look like you. I love this song. And I've been listening to it nonstop for like the last two weeks, and it's. Ah, oh, I love this song. Anyway, number one on the list something to talk about by Booty Love or Booty Love if you are of the UK descent. Now, Booty Love is a duo from the United Kingdom, they were really big in like the two thousand the mid two thousand era like two thousand and seven two thousand and eight they had a lot of hits and they mostly are in the dance electro um, genre they mostly they mostly do dance songs and something to talk about is basically in the same vein it's an upbeat electro dance song really club oriented club clori- oriented oh uh, four on the floor type of vibe really upbeat like I said and I really love the song because The lyrical content is really inspiring, and it's something that I listened to a lot in high school to get me through a lot of different things that I was going through with bullying and ugly niggas with no teeth. And it really, you know, helped me get through that time in my life, and it helped me through the time whenever I was depressed a few weeks ago. You know, some of the lyrics, don't let nobody hold us down, you got to get up and shout it loud. I listen to that a whole lot. So I really, really love this song. And I'll never forgive the UK for not giving Booty Love the shine they deserve. So that is going to be it for Top 5 in 5. Just like before, I'm going to go ahead and include all of the links for all of these songs in the description area. If you want to go ahead, check them out, expand your musical palette, bless your ears, all that good stuff. It'll all be in the description section. And we're going to go ahead and move on. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move into the next segment, which is going to be talking points. Now, a good bit of you who've been listening for a little bit know that originally this was the pop culture segment and it was titled Pop Rocks and all the things you'll see on the Internet. So I went ahead and changed that up just because the pop culture segment is low key, mid key, my least favorite segment of the show, just because usually it's a lot of dumb shit that I don't care about. Um, and whenever i research it it'll usually be a couple of weeks out before i actually start recording so either i've forgotten or i don't care um, so i'll be going here sounding like i don't know what i'm talking about so I decided to change it up a little bit and turn it into talking points and it's basically me talking about I still talk about stuff in on social media and pop culture and things like that but the majority of it is me talking about things that I like it's a lot of Mariah Gary um I talk about things going on with me that I might not include in the icebreaker portion if there's certain segments that I have that don't make an appearance in the show like Pacific Rim which I talk about k-pop um and j-pop which actually won't be in this episode I may include topics from there to pull um if I want to talk about stuff in gaming like in my 16-bit madness um segment which actually is going to be in this episode I'll maybe include it in talking points just to pull certain stuff and not make the episode run over and to make it seem like I actually enjoy what I'm talking about which most times I did not so for this we're going to go ahead I think I'm only going to pull Two Topics so the way talking points works is that I have this beautiful black wide brimmed fedora And I have all of the topics individually written down on little sticky notes I place them in the hat and then I pull from them and then I whichever topic I pull is basically what I'm gonna be talking about however There's been a lot of Mariah Carey stuff going on. And like I mentioned in the last episode, Mariah Carey is excluded from the rule of me only really pulling two or three topics. She's always going to be talked about if something is going on, point blank period. I'm not pulling Mariah Carey from the hat. She is the hat. So Mariah Carey is the exception and that's what I'm going to lead with. And then just to save for time, because I know I ran with that Mariah Carey stuff last week or (laughs) <laughs> last week, um, the last episode, I ran over a lot with Mariah Carey. So we're, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk Mariah Carey for a little bit, hopefully not too long. And then I'm going to pull two topics for this week. And then I'll go ahead and go through um, and list off all the topics that I had in the hat that I did not pull to talk about this week. So I'm going to go ahead and try to make this Mariah Carey news as quick as I possibly can. Favorite sh- um, favorite quote on the show, control the things that you can control in your life. Acknowledge the things that you cannot control and adjust accordingly. So if you are not a fan of Mariah Carey, if you don't give the slightest white Christmas fuck about anything that's going on in her life, this will be the point in the show where you would skip. I'm not going to be mad at you. Now, My fave, Mariah Carey, did go ahead and finally release her album, Caution, back on November 16th. Um, I have Low Key, Lowest of Keys, um, C Major, dragged Mariah, but not necessarily dragged. I've had a lot of opinions about a lot of the stuff that Mariah has been doing, and I've had some opinions about the person or people that have been choosing to release certain singles that don't make sense. However, did I purchase Caution? you goddamn right. I sure did. I sure did. All $7.99 went right on my Google Play. And you know what? Mariah shut my ass up. She didn't scalp me. She didn't take my wig off. But she did give me a very low-cut fade. A very low-cut fade. My hairline is very even right now. Because she tried. The whole album. The whole album start to finish is good. The whole thing. One flawless piece of consistent work the whole thing I'm not talking about your faves that have these long ass albums of 25 songs that are full of fillers these your faves that have double track albums both full of 20 songs of filler 10 tracks that I originally had a problem with. Just 10 tracks. However, because it's such a small amount of tracks, it's much, much, much less chance of filler being able to leak in. All the songs sound good. Everything is catchy. The sound is consistent. They don't have Siri singing in the background with her. They don't have her vocals pitched up. Um, having her singing high notes that she's not going to be able to replicate live. She's actually singing in her natural singing voice. I really, really enjoyed it. Even the songs, even the singles that she released that shouldn't have been released as singles because there's so many better songs on this album that could have been released as singles. I enjoy those songs now. I listen to Get the Fuck Out all the way through. I already liked With You, but I like it even more now. The Distance, which is, I think, going to be promoted as a single, which should have been the first single, I love the song even more now. The album is so much better than I thought it was gonna be. And because it's such a air quotes short album, because it's only 10 tracks, it makes it so much easier to loop the whole thing through. And you know, if you wanna have it on repeat or listen to it all the way through, it's not such an arduous task as opposed to listen to like a 17 track album or a 21 song album, like a lot of these artists are doing right now to get as many streaming numbers as possible. I really, 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 really enjoy the album. It's actually really, really good, and my faves on the album are actually "A Nono," which I talked about on another episode that is, samples the Lil Kim song "Crush on You." Love that song. "The Distance," which I already loved, but I was I had kind of like an in the middle feeling about it. But I don't know something about it being in the album. And the way that the other songs work around it. I actually love that song even more now. It's actually one of my favorites on the album. Um, One more again is my jam. A lot of my friends or some of the people that have listened to other episodes of the podcast know that I'm slowly building up a playlist called stripper classics Um, small things to move one cheek to twerk slowly in the moonlight to things like that I enjoy stripper songs I like shaking you know both thighs once I get out the shower every now and again occasionally you know so I'm building up songs that you know can release my my inner stripper too, and you know if these regular eight to four thirty nine to five jobs don't work out, then I'll have my I'll have my playlist already. I don't need no DJ. I'm already practiced. I'm good to go. One more again, I feel like it's gonna be in the playlist the stripper classics because it's sultry it's sexy that's everything about the song i love it so much the piano intro everything um i love eighth grade eighth grade which is Timbaland produced i love the Timbalands on it um i love the vocals i love the lyrics The little studio effects it's a good album it's a really really good album and i hate the fact that it's doing well critically um it's gotten universal acclaim I think there's been a lot of really good reviews about it but I don't think chart wise I think it it came in at number five there's been a lot of heavy competition for that same day and I don't think the sales were that great it really makes me upset I hate that the general public and a lot of these younger kids sleep on Mariah Carey and feel like you know she's washed up she's only relevant around Christmas she can't sing even though the majority of your faves can't sing and have never been able to sing but you're still giving them money but okay Okay, I just I I I really wish that more people would give it a chance because vocally she sounds good on the album. Pen game is still strong. Lyrics are bomb. Musical musical melodies and things like that. Production. It's all good. So caution. I was pleasantly surprised. Whole album, start to finish, no skips. Even the one song that I don't particularly care for too much, um, "Giving Me Life," it's still a really good song. And it has to. I have to be in the right mood for it. A lot of most of the lambs are going up for it because it reminds them of another album cut from an album that she had called Butterfly, called The Roof. It's just okay to me, and I don't like Slick Rick actually repeating the name of the song and then going Mariah Carey I I don't know it bothers me for some reason but whole song start to finish all good no skips no filler um one more thing and and before I get into the one more thing one more thing before the one more thing I talked about this and I don't want to say I was right but I be knowing I feel like that has must much less bite to it than I was right I be knowing I said this in, like, a prior episode or an episode before that prior episode. If I, whoever is choosing Mariah Carey's singles needs to be put on administrative leave um, or they need to start looking for another job on Indeed because they don't know what they're doing. There's so many, there's so many songs that have a current sound that are catchy. um, Trap beats, all this other stuff, all the things that, that the kids like. Uh, that makes me so sad that I'm saying that the kid's like, I'm, I'm officially old as hell. I've aged out of the demographic. I'm now the iPhone 6 Plus. Anyway, all the things that the kid's like, there's so many different things that she could have chose as the single instead of Get the Fuck Out as the Buzz single, which was cute, but made no sense. And With You as the lead single, which made even less sense. And I talked about this. I said, if I was not a Mariah Carey fan, if I was just a regular listener, if I was one of these younger kids and I heard these songs, I would have been like, okay, well, I'm good. If, if this is the, if these are the, if this is the lead single, if this is the best song, the standout on the album that you want to lead with, then the rest of the album must be trash. So I'll, I'll skip it. And, you know, the same thing happened with her last album. Going based off the singles, the lead singles, you would think that the whole album was trash, but the album was actually good. Exact same thing has happened with Caution. Weak lead singles that either should have been the third or fourth single or not released at all, released as the lead single. Nobody cares about them. And then the whole album is good. I talked about this. I really... If Mariah decides to come out with another original studio album, because I don't know, hopefully she does. I'm just going to live in the moment and enjoy caution right now. But if she does, I hope that she gets somebody that is making better single decisions because they matter. So one last thing. I'm not particularly pleased with the way the promo was handled for this album so she announced her promo schedule the same day as the album release for caution and I would have really preferred if she had done like promo either a week leading into caution or two weeks leading into caution only because a lot of people I know Mariah Carey doesn't care about this because like I said she has all the accolades she sold all the albums she has all the the number ones it doesn't really matter but I know that she wanted the album to be successful and the, uh, the record label wants the album to be successful so I would have preferred if she had started the promo motion like a week or 2 weeks before just to be like hey my album is coming out i have this album coming out and it's really good i'm proud of it it's fun it's catchy just because now that she's released the the actual promotion schedule on the same day as the album and she's going to be going on good morning america and power 106 and the breakfast club or i don't know if she's going on the breakfast club all these all these other different things but at this point the album's already out so if people are knowing about it and finding out about it and they decide to stream it they decide to buy it it's going to be after the fact it's going to be after what's going to be counted as the first week sales and most people nowadays they only really care even though it's not important like that but most people they only really care about the first week sales and then your cumulative sales overall so I really wish that she would have started the promotion cycle a little bit earlier but I have been enjoying the few interviews that I've that I've watched it seems like she's dropped a little bit of the the high-scale diva act and she's being more of herself and I, I really enjoy it also hashtag justice for glitter apparently the lambs started an initiative to get Mariah Carey's um, old soundtrack from her movie Glitter um, from like 16, 17 years ago in 2001, a lot of people got a lot of people got together. Initially, it started as like a call out to Mariah to um, to basically be like, hey, you have all these songs from your Glitter album, some of your best vocals, and you never perform any of these songs. So they started buying the albums and originally it started charting on the soundtrack um, charts on iTunes and then it made it to the regular album charts. And then it charted number one, which is a feat which is a feed you know I would have I would have liked if it would have been number one for caution but you know hey justice for glitter so good for them and so we're gonna go ahead now and we're gonna pull from the hat I'm gonna do a real quick shake one two three one two three we're gonna go ahead and pull okay so our very first topic is going to be white women air quotes black fishing as black women for Instagram and social media. So from what I can see, this is something that's been popping up a lot mostly on Instagram but then I've also seen a lot of different videos about it on YouTube. The main person that I've been hearing about is a 19-year-old girl who has 200,000 followers on Instagram by the name of Emma Hallberg. So she's like I would assume or I would say a makeup guru. She takes pictures on Instagram and she gives out like makeup advice and things like that. And the majority of people assumed that this girl was either light black woman or mixed and biracial and this has been this is I'll get into it so she like I said she's a makeup guru and she has a darker skin complexion and a lot of people assumed that she was mixed race biracial or just black it eventually came out through a Twitter user somehow getting a hold of an older picture of her and posting it side by side when she was much, 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 much more transparent or lighter um, in the picture. And a lot of people, it was their first time basically figuring out that she was not biracial. She was not black. She was just white, just straight up white. And she lives, Emma lives in Sweden. So, once this came out, once it went viral around um, Twitter and then eventually got back to Instagram, a lot of people went rant to her comments and were basically asking why she's black fishing, why is she portraying or pretending to be a mixed race woman or a black woman, and all these other things. And you've seen this, there's been other cases that have popped up of just straight-up white women, not mixed-race, not light-skinned, just white women doing certain things or similar things to Emma Hallberg, like darkening their skin. If they're lighter, they'll use a really dark foundation to set the skin tone, tanning excessively, um, lip fillers, um, hip implants, butt implants, things like that. And while these features big lips, small waist, big hips, big butt aren't necessarily, ex- not all black women have these things, but they are prevalent in a lot of black women. And they are something that's not necessarily exclusive, but they are attributed to black women. Whenever you see these features, the majority of people think of black women. And so you have a lot of these white women taking on these different things, these adding all these different things to themselves, and then they're getting exposure from it. So a lot of people had an issue with, Emma doing these things she took to her Instagram to defend herself and in her defense she said that she has never um, tried to portray herself as anything but white she's never said that she was black ever she said she naturally tans and she receives a deep tan from the sun and that's why her skin tone is the color that it is so like I mentioned Emma lives in Sweden I could semi-understand if she lived in somewhere like in L.A. We get a whole lot of sun out here. Dallas gets a whole lot of sun if you're anywhere in the south or anything like that. She lives in Sweden. It gets cold out there. And I think during the summer they get highs of like 60, 70. And someone else mentioned that regardless of how I don't think the sun can tan you so deep that you're the same skin tone and you're using the same dark foundation for all four seasons. I don't think the sun is that bright during winter and spring. But I digress. According to her, she's never promoted herself as anything other than a white woman, regardless of using much, much darker foundation than her actual skin tone. And there's actually a video of her applying makeup and using a a foundation that was like three, four shades darker than her actual skin tone. However, how I feel about it is this. I don't necessarily think that it's a non-issue, but I also don't necessarily think that it's a largely huge one, just because it's something that's been happening. It's, it's something that's that's been happening. You have all these different races of women that take these certain features that are attributed with black women and they're able to benefit from it while you have the same features on black women and it's like they're less than. Or they're, they're gross or, or they're vulgar and all this other stuff. And that's the main thing. If you want to have darker skin, if you want to have a super dark foundation, if you want to look like a mixed race woman, have hips, have lip fillers, do whatever you want. That's fine. Live your life. Look however you want to. However, the issue lies with the fact that the majority of these women, the majority of these women receive all the praise. And then whenever you have black women, who have similar shapes, similar looks, they're they're basically downcast in society. They're basically looked at as like the the lesser thans of society. And so you have these other women, because they're not black, and I feel like that's what it is, because they're not black, they're able to be uplifted. These features are exotic and and sexy and different on them as opposed to with black women where it's just it's the norm, but that it seems less than and vulgar. That's where I have a problem with it. And it's not necessarily it's not like it's her fault. It's not like it's her fault that, you know, that people see this as an issue or have a problem with it. The main problem is men, majority of black women who Uplift women like this, who put them in the position to be in direct competition with Black women, and elevate them to be seen as higher or better than Black women. So it's not even her fault. However, the women that do this to be in direct competition and to see them and see themselves as better than Black women, that's where it becomes an issue. I don't know if my thoughts are entirely as concise as they could be. Um. But, like I said, it's something that I feel like has been happening. And, you know, as long as you have men that will continue to vocalize their preference for people other than black women, for features that are attributed to black women on other races of women, then it's going to continue to be a thing. You're going to get to, and someone else made a good point. They said that white men aren't necessarily looking for these distinct features on these women they're not asking for these features or um requesting requesting there these aren't things that they're looking into in regards to like women they want to date and women they want to marry so it's a particular set of people that they're trying to gain the attention of and trying to pander to and and just another point before i move on to the next topic someone Because there's been some people that have an issue with the people that have been, you know, upset about it or that have had an issue with it. And someone mentioned in a comment something along the lines of, well, you know, I don't understand why people have a problem with this. It basically might be her showing that she loves black culture. And maybe this is showing that, you know, black culture and the black female form has made it to the mainstream. And, you know, people idolizing and wanting that. Isn't that a good thing? Also, nobody says anything when when black women want to have blonde hair or straight hair or weave or blue contacts and all this other stuff. Isn't that appropriating white features? So because your Internet's down, um, I see that you can't access Google. There's a lot of different like self-help guides on YouTube that you don't have access to, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be a bunch of fun. So for one, black culture and other things like that, the black female form, it would be one thing if it was popular in the mainstream and also hand in hand celebrated in regards to the black women. If the black form of black woman was celebrated for being on the form of a black woman, then that would be great. That would be beautiful. That would be wonderful. But like I said before, nine times, eight times out of ten, no, nine times out of ten, when you see these features big butt, small waist, big breasts, um, full lips, things like that whenever you see them on a black woman, it's the media and these men attributed as less than. She's a thought. She's a hoe. She's X, Y, and Z. And then you see these same things on a race, a, a different waste of woman. You know, she's a prototype. These these women, these such and such women, evolving. She's winning X, Y, and Z. And they elevate these women. So that's where the issue lies flattery is the where some people feel flattery is the most sincere form of what is it i don't know the fr- i don't know i don't know the phrase i don't know the phrase <laughs> but a lot of people see that as you know flattery and some people are okay with that but if you're you know if you like the way someone is shaped but then you're not giving credit to the shape and you're using it as every chance to uplift somebody else i don't necessarily know if that's a good thing and appropriation And assimilation are not the same thing. So whenever black women are wearing weaves, whenever they have straight hair, if for whatever reason they decide to get blonde hair, if for whatever God awful reason they would decide to get blue contacts, God, that is not the same thing as appropriating features, which I don't know if that's a thing. That is assimilation. And the way assimilation has worked towards black people is that for decades, black people, black women specifically, have been told that everything about them is less than disgusting, unattractive, unkempt, down from their features, hair exclusively, and things like that. So if you've been told for 60, 70 plus years that your hair is unkempt, it's undesirable, it's nappy, X, Y, and Z, you need to, you know, make yourself look presentable, then you're going to do that. And it's been something that's been happening since like, since slavery ended. I would say maybe since before slavery ended with black people and black women straightening their hair to try to look more, less like a negroid. So assimilation and appropriation, not the same thing, but again, I feel like it's an issue, but it's also a non-issue. I feel like it mostly is just going to have to do with holding certain people accountable that want to uplift these women, but also downplay black women. I feel like that's where it's mostly going to start and then moving on from there. Emma and all these other white women that want to have these different shapes and darker toned skin and lip fillers that make them look like Bozo the Clown. They can do whatever they want the same way people can wear braids and box, box braids and all this other stuff. You can do whatever it is that you want. Just understand the different levels of privilege that come with you having those features and you wearing those hairstyles and you doing things that don't necessarily translate over. to black people and black women especially that's the main thing but we're gonna go ahead now and we're gonna go ahead and move into the next segment because I don't know if I did black women justice with that I'd very much like to forget so we're gonna go ahead and shake one two three we're gonna pull the last topic which is Taking me a minute. I can't grab one. Ah, so Red Velvet is getting ready to have a comeback in like two days I think they're coming back on the 30th of this month with their new mini album with the title track titled Really Bad Boy I hate the name of the title track I hate that they're going to release another song with Bad Boy in the title because all it makes me think is that they're really trying to gain the same traction and attention that they got whenever they released Bad Boy earlier in the year now I am excited about the song because it's Red Velvet and I stand Red Velvet. They're one of the girl groups that I stand in K-pop. I live for them, um, so I'm excited about the song. But there's several grievances that I have with the comeback, and that's because the people that I love, that I stand, I critique them the hardest. Red Velvet does not get a pass. So, number one, like I said before, I really, really hate the fact that they have t- that they've titled it "Really Bad Boy" because all it makes me think of. Is that they're trying to gain the same traction that they got from Bad Boy, which at this point I think is like, it's not their best selling single, and I don't think it did like super great in Korea. I think it was like number two, but not a one, but internationally, I think it's the biggest song. And the most exposure that they've gotten with the international fan base, mostly the Western fan base. The sound was really westernized, RB, trap beats, kind of sort of smooth RB. And it currently is their most viewed video on YouTube. I think it has like 165 million views, and it's probably going to be there. It was their first. I don't know if it was their first I think it was it it was their second it was either their second or their third MV on YouTube to hit 100 million views but it did it in the fastest amount of time and then it's probably going to be their very first video to hit 200 million views so SM which is the company that they're under they're obviously seeing that you know western fans went up for bad boy they enjoyed it a whole lot they stood they stand for it um And you could see this because in their last mini album before this one coming out, they released an English version of Bad Boy to further capitalize on it. So now they're coming out with Really Bad Boy, which kind of sounds like Cookie Jar, which is their Japanese title track. And I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm just kind of like, I really hope that it's not like a recycled recycled song or a recycled theme, which is what I'm scared that it's going to be. However, I know for a fact that it seems like it's going to be a recycled concept, which I'm really sad about. I really I love Red Velvet so much and I really stand for them being out here killing niggas. I really do. I love the fact that I love the growth. From their Russian roulette music video, where they were killing each other over a nigga. And then they decided, you know what? Let's kill these niggas and we can get pizza. And so they started killing these pizza boys, taking the pizza and taking their t shirts for Pika Boy. And that's, you know what that is? Growth. And I live for that. However, I don't want any more semi dark to dark. To, um concepts from them because it's it's getting old at this point and i'm tired of them releasing um singles in like november close to december and then they have october october teaser pictures and october concepts y'all are sitting in front of a um, a um a pumpkin a jack-o'-lantern and it's about to be december All it makes me think of is that basically y'all, because the same thing happened last year with Peekaboo. They released Peekaboo like the early part of November right after Halloween had passed and it would have been the perfect time to release it. And all it makes me think of is that Y'all basically realize that Twice owns October. They debuted in October. And I think consistently, I may be wrong, but consistently they always have a comeback or they do something around October. So all it makes me think of is that y'all are basically being like, hey, this was supposed to be for October. But y'all already know which holes was all up in that month. So here it is. And it just, I don't know, it just bothers me. It just bothers me. I don't know if I'm the only person that thinks that. But I am excited to see the song um see the video and I'm excited to see the song I really hope I said see again here here with my ears the song um I hope that it's good I hope that it does well um in Korea Korea doesn't really go up for like their velvet songs they mostly stand for their upbeat cutesy red songs which I also stand for but we'll see I'm hoping that it does good so that was the very last topic of the two that I pulled. We're going to go ahead and now go down the list of other topics that I have in my hat that I did not get a chance to talk about. So Jenny from Blackpink solo, um, underwhelming, disappointing, much like a lot of Blackpink's, um, music. It was what I was, it was what I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't like the song. I don't like the dance. I don't, I still don't understand, but homegirl got like 38 million views in one day on YouTube blinks blinks are out here so it is what it is um was celibacy a mistake (laughs) so I had I had this thought recently um after an interaction with some guy where I was just like you know I don't know if celibacy If deciding not to date and deal with these niggas was a good idea because there's so many things that I can't pick up on. There's so many um, social cues that come with flirting and dating that I just don't know about because I've been, you know, quarantined off from these niggas. And so I I was questioning if celibacy was a mistake, if it was the right choice for me to make or not. But I think I think I don't think I'll throw this one away. I think that I'll keep this for next week or (laughs) <laughs> I'm assuming that I would have an episode uploaded next week. I'm going to keep this one for the next episode and I'm going to put it back in the hat to see if we pull it then. Um, Bad baby versus Iggy. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't pull this. I really don't care about this. Somebody needs to beat that little girl's ass. I can't stand her. Can't stand her. Uh, And last but not least. Takashi 69 arrested. Also don't care about this. Not concerned with Rainbow Ricky getting picked up. That's what happens when you go around perpetrating being a fake ass blood. You're not actually about that life. Constantly trolling with real thug ass niggas. That's what happens. And this this comes back to something a, a disagreement that I had with my best friend. We had a discussion who we thought was worse, Azalea Banks or Takashi Six Nine. And I said I think that Takashi Six Nine is worse, and she could not believe it. And my thing was this: I understand that Azalea Banks is basically trash. She's ultimate down in the sewer, liquid garbage. She said. Everything about everybody, every type of racist, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic, just gross comment that you can think about. However, that is the realm that Azalea Banks has basically stayed in. She's an online troll. She clocks in at our job at Claims. She works in the same department as me. And then once she leaves Claims, she gets on her um, her computer and she trolls because she's not a rapper at this point. There's only like five people listening to our music. I'm one of them unfortunately, help. Um, and and that's it. And, you know, a lot of it, a lot of uh, what happens, a lot of what she says, it doesn't necessarily, you know, outside of making her look a fool and outside of, you know, unfortunately for the people that like to place uniform blame on blame on all black women or all black people for one ignorant ass person. That may be something that negatively affects people. But outside of that, her words don't usually negatively negatively affect anybody but herself with Takashi. The comments that he's been making, the beef that he's been in, the really slick ass stuff that he's thought to say to these people that are real gang bangers, that are really out here in these streets doing real ass illegal stuff and not just rapping about it or having other people that are bloods and gang members in their, in their entourage, even though they're not, that can affect people. That could get somebody shot or killed. It could have got somebody shot and killed. I heard he moved his dressing room for a video shoot he was going to do with Kanye West and Nicki Minaj. He switched rooms with Nicki Minaj. Somebody shot in that dressing room. Nicki Minaj could have been shot. The FBI picked him up whenever whenever they arrested him. And they did it and moved him for his safety because the people that he had in his entourage, all of who he's fired now, were planning to kill him. They were going to kill him. So I feel like he's worse because the stuff that he says and the people that he says it to, it has real life consequences like his life. So I don't feel bad for Rainbow Ricky. Um, When you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite and a bit hard. So that is going to be the end of Talking Points. I'm going to go ahead and take a real swift break and then we'll be right back. OK, so we're going to do something different really quick. This isn't a normal thing that I usually do for the show, but to break the fourth wall just a little bit, I cannot figure out how to I can't find the exact timestamp of where to edit this This recording in to make it kind of splice and seem natural, but I really want to say this. So I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. We're going to call this segment leftovers because this was something that I thought of after the fact um, that I couldn't include in. So it was it was a leftover of the meat of what I said. So. In Talking Points, I brought up Emma Hallberg and how people were accusing her of blackfishing and and how people were upset about it. Originally, I said that I didn't necessarily think that it was a non-issue, but I didn't necessarily know if it was something that was worth if it was something super upsetting or worth outrage I've kind of sort of changed my tune on that because to an extent I kind of understand why people would be upset about it and even though it is something that has been happening it's something that's been happening in the media it's something that's been being perpetuated um, by women and being embraced by black men at the same time I understand why people or black women are upset about it because it plays into the erasure of black women in the media and that's Largely perpetrated by the one drop rule, which is stupid, horrible, racist, terrible rule that I really wish America and mostly I really wish black people would let go of where it's basically if stupid things like if you are if you have any black in you, then you're black period. No, no addressing of, you know, any type of lineage or any other type of racial background. If you have black in you, then you're black. If your father's black, then you're black. Stupid stuff like that. Stupid things like that where people are now including, and I feel like I've talked about this before, things where people will assume, will call Rashida Jones, um, who is very, very clearly to anybody who would not know that she's a mixed woman, looks like a white woman. Woman, but people would embrace her or say that she is a black woman. Or someone like a Mariah Carey, who looks a little bit more racially ambiguous, but she still looks like a white woman. But if you see stuff from her debut um, baby pictures, she looks like a mixed race child. But you have people that refer to Mariah Carey as a black woman and include her in lists and things with full black artists and address her as a black woman, even though she's a mixed race woman. She's not a full black woman. So. It plays into that and then it makes it even worse because you already have these issues when it comes to mixed race women that are being um, listed and given opportunities um, for that should go or would normally go to black women and it's upsetting because whenever it comes to this type of erasure and this type of listing or this type of the one drop rule when it comes to the fluidity of blackness when it comes to black women you don't necessarily have the same issue when it comes to black men when it comes time to cast black men nine times out of ten everybody knows what a black person looks like and that's largely why people are upset about um Dwayne Johnson wanting to play I forget what the name of the character is he's some big something Joe something in some old Disney um movie I forget the name but he's wanting to play this 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 black character that was in this old Disney cartoon, I think, and a lot of black men are upset about it because they're like Dwayne Johnson. He, a lot of people consider him black, but he's not. He's a mixed race person. I think he's like Pacific Islander, and he might also be black if he's black at all. I, I don't really know. I just know he's fine. Um, so a lot of people are upset about this. But whenever you push other mix, if whenever you push mixed race and biracial women into spaces or into roles that would normally go to black women, and you pass them off as just black then people don't see an issue with it or they feel like black women or dark skinned black women shouldn't ha- um, complain about it or there's nothing you could do about it or they just fit the role better or they just look better, just look better. So if you have if you already have this issue where black women are competing for visibility with biracial and mixed women and lighter skinned women and then you also bring into the um, the fold white women who, who are darkening their skin to also be held up on a platform by, by black men and in competition with actual black women, I could see how it would be an issue and it would just be another instance of here we go again. Here's another something again. So I just wanted to point that out. We're going to go ahead and move into the next segment. all right your boy's back and we're gonna go ahead and move into the next segment which is gonna be 16-bit madness now 16-bit madness wasn't in the last episode um i mix and match just to take up time because if i did not this would be a two and a half to three hour long show so in this episode we have 16-bit madness which is a segment where i talk about different things in gaming news or in the gaming spectrum different games that i myself am playing and things like that now keep in mind I am what you would call a casual gamer Now, I play a decent amount of games I think I know a good amount about gaming. I'm interested in gaming and nerd paraphernalia However, if you are looking for somebody to deep down review video games talk about frame rates and things like that and and gaming mechanics and all this other stuff outside of a basic level This is not for you. You're gonna be upset and then I'm gonna hurt your feelings when you have something to say about it so Either take this as with a grain of salt, take it at face value for what it is, or skip ahead because it's not that deep for me. So 16-Bit Madness is going to be short this week because I don't really have a whole lot to talk about. I just have two topics. So to start, Final Fantasy XV has decided to cancel all of the DLC that they had planned for 2019 outside of the DLC for the main villain of the game, Arden. And Hajime Tabata, the director of the game, has also resigned, been fired, from Square Enix. So, Final Fantasy XV was a JRPG, low-key, kind of, sort of, wannabe sandbox open-world game that was released in the end of 2016. I initially was very 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 excited about the game i am a final fantasy stan i play music because of final fantasy i love all of the final fantasy games or the majority of them i have final fantasy score books and things like that i love the final fantasy series but it's been a little bit of it's been in a little bit of a downswing since i would say x2 people hate x2 i love x2 i think it's campy girl girl power all that good stuff i love that game however it's been in a a downswing since then, quality-wise. A lot of people were iffy or in between about 12. I didn't like it. People hate 13, and I actually semi enjoy that game. 14 was a mess. They had to release it over again. And so 15 was kind of heralded as like the game that was going to bring it back to the glory that it had been in the early golden age around the 90s, around 7, 8, and 9, which are the 6, 7, 8, and 9, I would think, which are like the... The, the main Final Fantasies that people think of when they think of the Final Fantasy or the Square Golden Age. It was supposed to be returned to form for Square Enix and for the Final Fantasy series. Final Fantasy 15 is actually what made me go out and finally purchase a PS4. I went to the little the launch event in LA. I went out to the the Shrine Auditorium. I got the little calendar. Took a bunch of pictures. Um, Yoko Shimomura, the composer who's also the composer of Kingdom Hearts, she was there. like I was super super hype about Final Fantasy 15 and then it came out and it was for the most part a disappointment now whenever I initially first started playing it I actually liked it I liked the game a lot I played it all the time but in retrospect thinking about it the story was a mess it didn't really make any sense it was largely unimportant because you know There were so many different side quests that pulled you away from the main quest all the time that the majority of people don't even necessarily know what the story is about. And they decided to take out large pieces and patches of it to then put it back in in the form of paid DLC or most times free DLC later on to extend the life of the game. So we had like 60% of a full game as it was. And then they were releasing these DLC to expand upon the story. And it was done in such a blatant way. There would be times where the characters or the party members would just randomly up and leave the party and go somewhere else. And then they'd come back. And I was just like, OK, Square, well, this is obviously something that's going to be explained in the DLC that you're ultimately going to release. But y'all could have been just a little bit more subtle about it. So a lot of people had issues with that. A lot of people had issues with the camera, the game controls. Chapter 13 was absolutely awful in the game. Terrible. A snooze fest. And it scared the hell out of me. I don't like jump scares. I don't know why you would put jump scares in a Final Fantasy game. So a lot of people had issues with it. It sold really well, but critically, it was it had mixed reviews. It was polarized. And I will give Square Enix credit in the fact that even despite that and people's feelings towards the game, they continued to support the game. They released a lot of free DLC for the characters, for the main characters, Gladio, Prompto, um, Iggy, I can't remember his full name, um, and in the timeline that they intended for it. And then and then things slowly got out of the hand. They released, um, they had to they released a patch to redo the chapter thirteen that so many people complained about. They released a royal edition, which was basically a re-release of the game, but with new content at the end and a new entire section of <coughs> excuse me, of the city, the Crown City Insomnia, where the main character Noctis is from that was not in the original game. They had a whole secret boss battle, ultimate weapon in the new version that was not in the original game. And naturally people were pissed about this. I was pissed about this because I'm not paying 35, $40 for this brand new game, for this stuff that should have been patched in or should have been included in the very first game. So, final fantasy 15 has had a really troubled timeline and then them deciding to cancel the dlc there was going to be four dlc originally there was going to be one for Aranea, um who is my fave one for luna which who remembers her one for arden and then one for somebody else who i can't remember because who cares who cares But they've effectively canceled all the other DLC for the other three members, and they've kept the DLC for Arden because I'm assuming at this point they're so far along in production they can't just cancel it. They're gonna release it, which I don't care. A lot of people are excited because they're like, okay, everything else got canceled, but at least they're still releasing Arden. Arden's story is really interesting, and I really I don't care about Arden. I don't care about his backstory or all this other stuff. I I disliked him in the game. I thought that he was a lukewarm villain until he got to like the end. I just, I don't care. I I really wish they would have gave me RNA as DLC because she's the real savior of Final Fantasy 15. And then Hajime Tabata resigning or they fired him. I feel like they fired him because the rollout for Final Fantasy 15, it was a mess. The DLC releases and the, the, the criticisms for the game, they were a mess. They tried to turn this into like a Final Fantasy Advent Children or a Final Fantasy Chronicles type of thing where they have all these different media um, types of things for the game. And it was a mess, and it didn't work out the same. Just like for me, I don't care what anybody says, all the Final Fantasy 7 stands. it was a mess to me then, it's a mess now. And whenever I hear people complain, this is completely off topic, whenever I hear people complain about Final Fantasy Seven Remake and how they fought and fought and complained about it for years, I was in the background like, you don't need another motherfucking game. You're the only game in the series that has a game before the main game and a game after the main game and a movie after the game after the main game. And then you have a game after the movie. And then you have a prequel to the prequel from the main game. You don't need another game. This is the same way I felt about a lot of the stuff for Final Fantasy 15 after they kept releasing stuff and it just seemed excessive. So, I'm not surprised that they fired him. I'm really not. I'm sad that Final Fantasy 15 has turned into the mess that it was. Because, like I said, I really was looking forward to the game. It made me finally break down and spend my money to buy a PS4. So, oh, well. I, if... if if the episode Arden is free, I'm probably gonna download it. But I don't know because I, I still haven't played episode Prompto because fuck Prompto. I haven't downloaded episode Iggy because I just haven't felt com- I haven't felt comp- play- compelled. I haven't felt compelled to play anything else in the game. I've only played through the game once. There's basically been no replay value for me just because the thought of going back into it and how much. Content, I've never thought I would say something like this. The amount of content that's in that game, it's just arduous to think about playing it over again from the beginning. It's just tiring. I'm just not interested. I'm just not. So that's upsetting, but oh well. And lastly, this is just something that upset me. This isn't even necessarily a real story. This is an announcement, but Final Fantasy 13, which has crept into my mind over the last couple of months, I've really been wanting to replay that game really, really bad, is getting a release on Xbox one for a backwards compatibility they're releasing all three games in the trilogy they're releasing or in the series they're releasing the original Final Fantasy 13 they're releasing Final Fantasy 13 2 and then they're releasing whack-ass useless ass pointless ass lightning returns the games terrible and I spent my money on it um, I'm mostly really upset because I really want to play Final Fantasy Thirteen, and I can't because I don't have a PS4. I... Bitch, I'm drunk. I don't have a PS3. Um, our Xbox 360 is basically on the way out. Homegirl is in the hospice. So I can't buy an Xbox 360 version on and then play it on the Xbox 360. And we have an Xbox One, but it's my sister's. And I don't want to buy that game and then have to play it on there. I just don't. I want my own. I want it on my own console. And it bothers me so much. It's not my, it's not Xbox's fault. It's stupid ass Sony's fault for deciding that nobody cares about backwards compatibility. Nobody wants to play old games and all this other stupid stuff. I want to play the game again. I want to experience Final Fantasy 13 again. I don't care what anybody says. The story confusing. Um, slightly pointless largely over com- overly complicated yes was it a bad game no did the music was the music some of the best if not the best in the series yes i would like to experience that again and i'm upset that the only way that i'm going to be able to is to buy it on an xbox one when i own a ps4 it's deeply upsetting i'm high key mad about it but it is what it is And that's going to be everything for 16-Bit Madness. We're going to go ahead and hop into the next segment. Okay, so we're back and we're going to go ahead and move into the very next segment, which is called Unpopular Opinions. And Unpopular Opinions is exactly what it sounds like. It's me giving my unpopular opinions about things that you like that I might think are trash. And it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. So for this episode, I only have two. Um, and I don't think they'll be long. So the very first one, unpopular opinion number one: Dick is not a stress reliever. If I decide to to confide in you about being stressed, about feeling overworked, or about feeling just overwhelmed with my life, don't respond to me with, "Oh, it sounds like you you just need to, you need to get some dick." What like whenever whenever people say that to me, I literally feel my neck physically start to pull into my chest as I start to regress into myself. I legit try to turn into a whole sea turtle and pull into a fake shell that I make for myself to avoid the rest of that conversation, because it's it's not. I it's not something that's gonna relieve stress for me outside of like maybe four or five minutes not necessarily saying that whichever nigga I decided to lay down with that sounds odd it would be for like four or five minutes it's just that I would have I would be stress relieved for like four or five minutes afterwards but there's stress that comes with that because what's attached to the dick a nigga and what comes with that niggas that don't know how to communicate niggas that lie niggas that cheat that's more stress and I know somebody is probably like well you know you don't need to I'm not whenever I say you need to get some dick I'm not saying you need to like date a whole nigga or go out with a nigga just find a nigga that you like and you know be friends with benefits Ah, 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 nope nope can't do that can't do that too sensitive too emotional not set up for that life that's even more stressful that's even more stressful for me why would you say that so either way it does not work out Either way, it doesn't work out for me. So instead of saying, hey, sounds like you need some dick. How about you say, hey, you know what you need? A vacation. (laughs) You know what you need? A livable wage. Do you know what you need? For California to decide that you deserved affordable rent costs. All of that, I just got so calm. I just, saw, I got just got, it was like being enveloped in a warm hug saying all those things. You know how, do you know how much stress that just took off of me? So say those things, speak that into my life instead of speaking random dick into my life because I feel like I'll be okay without that. All those other things, I need that though. <laughs> I need those things. So that's number one. And number two, I feel like... I may not be the best person to speak on this because, you know, I have been told that I have a, a small situation going on, but it's really it's really not all that. I don't feel like it's all that. In my opinion, having a big butt is not all that it's cracked up to be. It's actually mid-key a curse, and I'm going to tell you why. So, I have been shaped the way that I've been shaped Um, I think I said it before, since like nine or ten. So I've always had my stomach is kind of sort of it's not now, (laughs) not now. But usually my stomach is smaller in in proportion to like my thighs and my butt. And so it kind of gives like this not necessarily. I'm not going to give myself too much because it's not all that. I'm not all that. So but it's not necessarily an hourglass shape at all, but it's similar. And so from the time that I was, like, 9 or 10, all the way up until high school where it got so much worse, I've had to deal with, like, a bunch of different things from not being able to wear regular jeans. Men's jeans fit me horribly. Either they don't get past my thigh or I can't get them up over my butt or they flatten me out horribly. Women's jeans fit me like a dream. I love them. Um, I can't wear certain shirts because it'll if I, if it's like a longer shirt and I pull it down, my butt will cause it to ride up. And so it sits on my, it sits like on my hips, the top of my hips, or it sits on the bottom of my stomach. Um, not to mention niggas, <laughs> that's the, that's the worst part, niggas. Um, unwanted attention. I, I mean, the attention, I, it's, it's nice because I, I just like how I feel being a, a bigger, rounder person, not necessarily round, like, like orange circular round like I am right now, but just a bigger person. So I enjoy having, you know, bigger thighs and a semi mid size. but I enjoy that. But the attention is really annoying. I've had so many niggas come up to me randomly, and just start a conversation or niggas that just stare. Niggas that um, scream out the side of their, and I wish that I was making this up, I really do. I feel like I'm giving myself too much, but all of this has happened. Niggas that um, will scream outside the side of their cars as they drive by. Um, One nigga, when I lived in Dallas, actually stopped his car. Some um, older guy stopped his car and asked me if I needed a ride and I was going in the opposite direction. And I promptly said no. And I ran to the bus stop and bitch, I don't run anywhere unless I'm being chased. And even then, it's a swift power walk. I don't run anywhere. I ran that day. Like I had a girl in community college ask me if my butt was fake. And I was like mid-key offended because I was like, does my butt not look real? Also, do you do I look rich enough to have gotten like some actual surgery or do they look like basement like butt shots? Um, I had a nigga terrorize me for like my whole senior year of high school. Um, I used to, and none of my friends believed me until it happened while I was with them. Um, he would randomly position himself at like the top of walkways or at the top of, of hills on the outside of the buildings. And I would just be somewhere by myself and I would hear out of nowhere, look at all that booty. And I, I spent my whole senior year in fear for my life because i was like who the the fuck is this nigga and where does he keep coming from and so my friends were like you're making this up this didn't happen this isn't true and my best friend because she was there she can co-sign on this we were outside of one of the buildings we were getting ready to go into like building five for french or something like that and there's like a hill that slants up going to the cafeteria for that school and so we were getting ready to go into the building and out of nowhere like clockwork all i hear is look at all that booty and i was just like oh my god even i'm not even safe with my friends really oh my god and so all my friends were like wow you were telling the truth and i was like yeah i was telling the truth this is what i deal with so it's like this is my life like this is how it is i'm doing a lot (laughs) But it's real, though. And then on top of that, I can't sit in, like, chairs, like regular people sit in chairs. I have to position myself. I have to prepare. I have to say a swift prayer with the Lord. I got to have spectacular aim. Because if I sit, if I just randomly sit down, my my thigh is going to catch on the chair. Or my butt is going to catch on the wrong side of the chair. I might slip and fall. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot on me. So it's not it's not all that it's cracked up to me it's really not it's 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 a curse it's a curse to to have all of this. with great power comes great responsibility and it's a lot like I be going to Target trying to put on regular pants expecting them to just fit me and then they don't and then I walk out looking like a squash cupcake or like an exploded can of bush beans bush baked beans nobody talks about that nobody talks about the pain nobody talks about the suffering like it's a lot and i wouldn't wish that on nobody however there are upsides and i'm not going to sit here and lie and be entirely like having a big booty is an entire it's like a hundred percent curse because it's not And when stripper songs come on, I enjoy that I have at least a a mid size or a handful of ass to throw. I will say that. However, everything else, everything else, it's just not worth it. It's just, it's not worth it. And a lot of people out here want Big Butts mostly for... A lot of people want it so that they can feel better about themselves, because like I said, having a, a decent size, mid size, but it's just something about you something about your spirit. There's a there's a bounce in your booty and a bounce in your spirit. It just it's it just it can reset a person's whole entire personality. But a lot of people out here getting big butts for niggas, and it's like, what is the point? Because you're gonna you're gonna get a big butt, you're gonna possibly get or more than likely get all this unwanted attention from not only you know good looking niggas but also ugly dusty niggas and 10 times out of 10 if you get with a nigga sleep with a nigga and all this other stuff he's probably gonna end up um dating or marrying a girl that's smaller and has no ass cause niggas are dumb and easily entertained it really doesn't take a whole lot so I wouldn't do all that also this isn't on my list so I'm gonna try to make it quick um Am I the only person that thinks that, like, the little pump is kind of cute? Like, not fine. Not, like, fine. Not fine. But, like, he's he's cute. Like, I don't know. I feel like it looks like he's been bathing recently. I don't know. I don't know what it is with all these, these short Latin niggas because somebody, I don't know, somebody spoke some type of... Somebody spoke the devil into my life two weeks ago or around that time because I saw a picture of Rainbow Ricky or Takashi 69 and Homeboy looked good. And I was like, what is wrong with me, Lord? Because that's not right. But I don't know. I feel like ever since I moved out to California, I have like an affinity or an affliction towards Latin niggas now because there weren't a whole lot in like Mississippi and there was a few in dallas and stuff like that but here there's a lot of them and so normally where i wouldn't look at somebody like a a little pump who's he looks dusty nine times out of ten and he's short and i like tall niggas um i don't know there's something about him recently where i have just been like you know what and i think that he's legal i think i think he's super young so that automatically disqualifies him. but i don't know there's something about him And have you ever heard a a nigga, a Latin nigga, just like, just randomly break out in Spanish? Is that not sexy to anybody else? Have you never, nobody? That's, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm tripping. Like I said, I said it in another episode. I'm real fertile. So it doesn't take a whole lot. I feel like a nigga could come up and speak to me in Spanish and boom, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. So what are we going to do about it? Um, But I think at this point, I'm just talking. I'm just running my mouth. So we're going to go ahead. That's going to be the end of Unpopular Opinions for this episode. I'm going to go ahead and take one last break, and we're going to get into the final segment for the show. okay so we are getting closer and closer to the end we've made our way to the final segment of the show before we get into the closing and that is thank you I love you fuck you and this show this segment is a replacement for my previous segment that was originally titled sick of you bitches now originally that was just me going off about things that had upset me for that week or the prior week with this I wanted to bring a little bit more balance to it so in this segment I'm going to be listing um, one or two things that I'm thankful for, or someone that I'm thankful for, someone or something that I send out an I love you to, and someone or usually several someones or some things that I want to give out a fuck you to. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. The thank you for this week is actually going to go out to Adriana Evans. I want to say thank you for finally releasing Love Affair for me to actually hear in my ears. Y'all do not understand how long I have been looking for this song. I used to listen to this song. I used to replay the episode of Noah's Ark with this song in the actual scene and in the credits just to hear the song, just to hear the lyrics so that I can type it into Google and try to find it. And I could never find it. And so after 10, 12 years of finally looking for this song, I have it and I can play it on my ears all the time and I just imagine the same scene over and over again and the lyrics fit my life because I've been making up situations and relationships in my head it just fits it just fits and God always shows up on time so thank you Adriana Evans for that thank you um I want to say I love you to Mariah Carey who I give a lot of hell but she this album, this album, I don't care what anybody says. It might not be vocally spectacular. It's not a bunch of high notes and things like that um, all over the place. But I know that if I was to go and see, see her live and she sang these songs, that she would, for the most part, be singing the majority of it live. It's consistent. The production is consistent. It's current. It doesn't sound dated. The lyrics are good. It's just good. It's just good, and I needed it in my life. This is right now the soundtrack of my life, and I appreciated it. So I love you, Mariah Carey, for this album. And now we're going to go ahead and move into the fuck you portion, which I have several. So to start, fuck you to 85 to 95% of anybody that owns an automobile in the state of California. I don't understand how. The majority of y'all are on the road legally, but you are, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of my life being in danger Every single time I go outside. I don't under I know that we have a lot of wildfires out here, but it does not make sense that every single time I step outside, all of you niggas drive like your house is on fire constantly. Every single day somebody's house is on fire. And so they have to turn on their um turning signal in the middle of the lane as they try to get over. They have to cross over four lanes of traffic on the interstate going 95. Because somebody's house is always on fire. That's just how it is, it's California. I drive defensively. I will hit my brakes and let somebody go and do whatever before I'll try to jump in front of somebody because, bitch, it's not that serious. However, a lot of niggas out here have made it that serious. And it really upsets me. But that's how I have to be. I feel like California has low-key turned me into an aggressive driver. I can't tell you how many times I've been on the interstate, which I hate being on the interstate here because of traffic and everything else. I can't tell you how many times I've been on the interstate and I've had um a lane um getting ready to end and it's like a lane that you merge into as well i can't tell you how many times people will see that the lane is ending and they will continue driving full speed in an attempt to get to the front of people at the lane not caring about you know endangering their life and everybody else's and usually i would just let people speed ahead recently i've just been like you know what bitch Let's risk it all together. You know, I'm not going to let you get in front of me. You saw me to the back of the line, bitch. Now, because if I decided that I was just going to hit a swift turn on my car and flip my shit over and take me and you out, then you'd be mad. You'd be dead. I'd be dead. But you'd be mad. And you say I was wrong. And then there's other there's several places in California because California loves this. There's several places out here where there is no street light. There's no traffic light. And so all they have is stops. They have All they have is stop signs. So you basically have to stop at the stop sign. And, you know, you have to have some type of common decency to be like, okay, well, I just got here. You've been at this stop sign. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go. I'm going to go ahead and let you turn if you're turning. And then I'm going to go because that's what we're supposed to do. No. Niggas will get to the stop sign after you've been sitting, after a car just turned in front of you. and You're getting ready to turn. And then they zoom in front of you. Zoom in front of you. So now I've had to start whenever people start to whenever people get to the stop sign and try to do like the little halfway stop and roll through. I have to hit the gas. I have to cut right on through. And then I have to make sure that they see me mouthing, cursing them out so that they know, no, no, bitch. No, you saw me. You saw me. You decided to go anyway because you don't care because you're rude as fuck. So fuck everybody or the majority of everybody that owns a car in California, y'all niggas make me sick. Um secondly, the second fuck you goes out to um any and every Mariah Carey fan or undercover racist Mariah Carey fan who had an issue with Mariah Carey taking a picture with Colin Kaepernick so I think it was about a week ago maybe two weeks ago Mariah was it was probably a week ago Mariah Carey was up at a radio station doing promo for a caution and she happened to run into Colin Kaepernick so she decided to take a picture with him and they post she posted a caption that said I'm so honored to have met and talked with um, Colin Kaepernick and all this other stuff and there were a lot of positive comments a lot of different blogs reposted it but there was also a decent amount of backlash from you can guess who it is I'm not I'm trying not to to you know make certain comments about certain people or to talk about race because you know how people feel when black people talk about race so this time I'm not going to mention it but you know who it is um certain fans felt a certain way about her posting a picture with Colin Kaepernick. And they left certain comments like, you know, I'm un- I'm unfollowing you. I'm not buying the album because of this. You know, Colin Kaepernick's no hero. You are my idol and now I'm throwing away all your seed. Okay, girl, and? And what else? What else is on? Like, what a lot of you niggas don't understand. One, a lot of you niggas are just don't even know why you're mad at Colin Kaepernick. A lot of y'all are just mad in like a mob mentality because honestly, there's nothing that Colin Kaepernick has done to cause any type of outrage. He's not out here saying fuck America, which he would be well within his right to do. He's not out here setting um, American flags on fire. He's not out here eight towns stomping on like, I don't know, dog tags. I don't know. He's not out here doing super disrespectful stuff like that. What the majority of y'all hate is that this man, who identifies as mixed race man, this man who identifies as black is or was going on national TV at these football games to have all these high exposure, um, high ratings, high visibility to all these people around the country making a statement. And y'all feel like he shouldn't. That's it. That's it yeah there's no there's no proper place to protest and y'all know that you just have an issue with the fact that he decided to do it on a platform that has high visibility and that's why you're mad but a lot of y'all don't even admit that or you don't even know that you're just mad because everybody else is mad so back to what I was saying in regards to Mariah Carey all saying things like oh i'm unfollowing i'm not buying the album i'm gonna get rid of all my other albums okay what y'all don't know is that mariah carey has already made her money off of america she doesn't need to make any more money so if you're throwing away the albums that you already bought okay well she already made her money from that and she's still making money from the publishing from those songs that she wrote you're not gonna buy caution okay she's already sold a whole bunch of albums she doesn't need to sell anymore okay and you're unfollowing okay and like and I don't understand how a lot of y'all a lot of y'all are stuck in like the, the early 1990s when Mariah had first came out and it was obvious that she was being pushed to appeal to the mainstream air quotes white people um but if you took a look at into Mariah's history, if you took a if you listen to interviews, if you are actual fan, if you listen to who her vocal influences that she listed listed were, if you took a look at the people that she had singing in the background with her, and that she still has singing in the background with her, the producers that she worked with whenever she finally got divorced and may, was able to make her own decisions and was able to have more creative influence in her her um music and her writing. If you take a look at the dancers and the different people that she had in her music video and that she has dancing with her you would know where mariah carey's sensibilities lie you would know who she's really here for mariah carey's mixed race she's biracial her mother is white but her father is black and ethnically i think that mariah identifies with black people she's Always been surrounded by black people. She's always made music for the most part. After her first couple of albums, that has been in the same vein as R&B, targeted toward made by created for black people. So I don't understand how y'all are surprised that her politics, even though she doesn't speak on it smartly, because of this, because people get mad about it. I don't understand how y'all would think that her politics don't align with something along the lines of somebody who would support a Colin Kaepernick and his message. Obviously, y'all don't know nothing about Mariah Carey. Obviously, y'all not no real-ass fans. Fuck y'all. And lastly, the last fuck you is going to go out to any and everybody who has decided to lead someone on or waste someone's time. Now, I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, possibly whenever this segment, which was originally titled Sick of You Bitches. But I'm going to talk about it maybe one more time. So... I've had a lot of situations or I've been put into a lot of situations where I'll have someone pop up in my life unexpectedly or pop back into my life and I'll feel like my time is being wasted or they'll, I feel like I'm being let on. They'll be smart. It's like a push and pull type of situation. They'll do certain things where I, to me. I feel like it gives the impression that they're interested in me they like me and nine times out of ten I feel like these things are in my head but a lot of times I'm starting to follow my intuition and you know realize that it's not it's not just something that I'm making up it's true however the upsetting part is that nine times out of ten even if it's not in my head it doesn't go anywhere nothing comes to fruition because it's essentially just I, I never people seem to never get past the infatuation phase with me where they actually want to put something into practice. They actually want to do something or get to know me. And it's upsetting and it's annoying because to me, if you feel if you feel like, you know, this is just something where you're infatuated, you're interested, but you don't actually see yourself, you know, getting to know me, building anything with me. Why waste my time? Why would you stand in my doorstep and block the way of another relationship, another friendship, another companionship for somebody who does want to give or invest time in me? Why? That's so selfish. Why would you do that? And it's upsetting because whenever stuff like that happens or whenever things like that happen to me, it unfortunately gives me a really negative or a really ambivalent outlook on people. And once I get that way, once I once I feel like, you know, you're doing things for the benefit of yourself and you don't care how it affects me or how it hurts me, then that changes my opinion about you. There's a lot of people in my life um, that I feel a type of way about. And that I feel like have hurt me in certain ways. And it changes around our relationship. And I don't necessarily know how to change that back. And it's upsetting. It's upsetting, you know, dealing with somebody and being close with somebody and feeling a certain type of way. And then after a while, you get to the point where it's not the same. And you feel like, you know, whenever whenever they reach out to you, there's a wall built up. And you can't necessarily figure out how to break that down, but it's not necessarily your job to do that because you didn't start the issues. I am going to stand by that. I don't go out here looking for not nan, nigga. I stay to myself. I don't bother anybody. I don't go out here looking for anybody. So 10 times out of 10, if anybody is in my face about anything, it has been initiated by somebody else. It costs zero dollars to leave me the fuck alone. We wouldn't have these issues. So fuck you to anybody who deems it necessary to lead people on or waste time. And I think that's it. Um, We're going to go ahead and lead on to the closing so that we can close out the show. We have finally made it to the end of the show. If you've made it all the way to the end, I have a special surprise for you psych I don't but shout out to you you get an imaginary golden star um but no to anybody that's listened thank you I really appreciate it um I'm starting to get more comfortable with this I feel like I'm starting to get better um and the more that I have people actually listen and critique and give me criticisms and things like that it's only helping me to get better and better at it so I'm having to come out of my shell and actually reach out to people and be open to receive criticism but I think it's a good thing so small changes small to big changes hopefully to come within the next few weeks in regards to the show I'm hoping to get into a regular uploading schedule that's not every two to three weeks I hope to get on a schedule that's more so once a week similar to a certain person by the name of Red who also happens to have her own podcast called Unique Speaks and that she uploads episodes every week one of which I happen to actually be on I believe it's called foolish fun and it was actually released a couple of days ago so I'll probably go ahead I have the top five playlists in the description I'll probably go ahead and include the link for her podcast episode with me co-hosting in the links as in the description area as well um I can't really think of anything else So, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. This was fun. Um, Until next time, bye, everybody. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with me? (sighs) Bye, y'all.